You picked the Jaguars so much. I'm starting to think that you're hoping if Shad Khan fires Doug Peterson, he calls you. Hire me. Hire me. I'm bringing you down there with Jackson D. Ville so you guys can change out the litter all the time and all that stuff that you do. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. And speaking of litter and crap, I got Mike Florio here today. How did I get here? Woo, baby. It's like, yes, it's 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 special for you to be here. It, it, uh, like, feel the magnitude of the moment on this set of Chris Sims Unbuttoned in Central Park at NBC Sports. Mike Florio. I figured the only way we were ever going to get together on a Monday this year yeah. is if I stay to do this. Because you were never going to come <laughs> in to do PFT Live because you need... <laughs> your sleep. I was up late. I got to sleep. I heard you complaining about it for 15 minutes when you showed up. There. I got to sleep. I I'm always sleep. in the fog. This I can't morning. sleep. I'm right, in the fog. fog the rest of the week. Too. Well, hey, this is like a, you have an excuse. This today. is a weird, a weird fog. It's this like, is great though. They asked me last week, and it's like, yeah, why not? I, you know, I, I'm able to catch a later flight. I'll get home just in time to watch the Monday night game. And yeah, yeah, let's you're do good. It. You're good. Let's do it. All right. I'm so glad you are doing it with me. And it's like, couldn't be better. Like, could not be a better day to do it. Let's do it together. You ready? You ready? What? Mike, if you're not listening, if you're not watching, Mike is wearing his Vikings jersey, right? After the big victory. Oh! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The game of the year. That was unbelievable. I, I, I really did not know what I was saying. And this, this is the Chuck Foreman hoodie. I have two of them. Yeah. Great business model by Chuck Foreman. I ordered one last year. Right. He signed it. So when I got it, it's like, I can't wear the one that he signed, so I had to buy another one. <laughs> awesome, brilliant move, Chuck. So I have two of these, and I wore it because it was the Chuck Foreman revenge game. Yeah. Because in 1975, right. long before you were even born, Chuck Foreman got hit with an ice ball in the eye you on a told day me where that he, had, yesterday. he had four touchdowns. He had tied Gale Sayers. He and O.J. Simpson... Chuck didn't murder anybody. I don't know anybody. what to say. I just don't know what, yeah, know what to <laughs> say. Chuck didn't murder anybody. Chuck never murdered anyone. The only difference. But they were chasing Gale Sayers, the single-season touchdown record. Right. And Chuck tied it. OJ had one touchdown that day and beat it. He finished with 23. Chuck came into the game with 18, but he had four. Wow. And he finished leading the NFC with receptions, leading the NFC with scoring, and he was six yards short of leading the NFC in rushing. He was six yards behind Jim well, Otto. All right, wait. So I don't know this story, so just why we're on it. The, uh, the, the, the snowball, well, he got hit. Like, did, he, did it end this game? Like, he was, he got, there was still he got time left the in the fourth Blurred quarter? Vision. No, it was third quarter-ish. Wow, quarter. so that really affected. It affected his yeah, day. right. And Bud Grant said, you're not going back in. And actually, by the end of the game, the snowball throwing was so bad that Bud Grant took all of the team into the locker room except the 11 guys who were playing defense. Wow. And if they had gotten the ball back, they were just going to play offense with Paul Krause, Hall of Fame safety, playing quarterback. They were staying out there for the rest of the game because they are up 35-13. to 13. It didn't matter. Right. But there were so many snowballs at that point. It, Where it, was the game at? It was in Buffalo. It was in Buffalo. Yeah, it was in Buffalo. Okay, Outdoors so it was there. In Buffalo. Gotcha. So, so and, and there were quotes afterward like, Fran targeting this is the biggest – travesty i've ever seen it was ridiculous it was right. embarrassing the fans they didn't care it was the last game of the year yeah they just went went off and yeah. started throwing a there bunch of snowballs but they around. were packed with ice i mean uh, they were i'm yeah. sure yeah. i'm sure yeah yeah some so, some some ice balls. so it was the revenge of chuck for well it, well you got your revenge okay i mean first off we're gonna go home today and like watch the game back yes you are right i heard I, you talking well, about this well i, I told my son because my son is 
as passionate as I was at that age. I, it, look, in time it fades. When you're in this business, you have, I mean, you you can't you can't you can't like <laughs> fades a little. Well, no, it's faded a lot. When they're good, what happens was for me, and this occurred in 2017, 2009, and I get emotional when I think about it and talk about it, but. When they're good, it takes me back to the being early days. nine, ten, eleven years old, you. being growing up, being right. with my parents, right. who've been dead for over twenty years yeah. each. So it, it it kind of rewinds the feeling gotcha. to that, which gotcha. is what really gets me. Yeah, it's easier for me when they suck. Right, and and it becomes very emotional when they're in the playoffs, and very yeah. emotional when it's in January and they're relevant. Brings back all but, the old feelings. But but my son is is like. You know, he was texting me, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't watch this. And, and he's going to the game this weekend. I told you yesterday, he's going to the, the Vikings-Cowboys game in Minnesota. He's been wanting to go to a game there. We've been to the Super Bowl there without the Vikings. We went to a Final Four weekend there. Obviously, it wasn't even football. And he's, he wants to go to a Viking game. And I mean, this is the best weekend. That dome. Is oh, gonna it's going to be insane. Than it it's going to be shaken. And it's going to be a challenge. You know, the week after the Minneapolis Miracle, they fell flat in Philly. When a team has an emotional win like that, sometimes it's hard to pull it all together. Yeah, no, no doubt. And who is it, who is it this week? Cowboys. It is the Cowboys. So they're going to be pissed off and ready to go, too. So yep. that's going to be an awesome game. That really is. I'm actually incredibly excited about that. All right, let's get into this game a little bit. 33-30, overtime victory. Vikings win it. Justin Jefferson was phenomenal. Here, here's a cool stat. Since 1991, only two teams have won a game after turning the ball over on downs in a goal-to-go situation with under two minutes remaining, and it's in back-to-back weeks. It's last week with the Buccaneers and the Rams, and then this week with the Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. Pretty shocking. All right, so what's like well, – Well, here's another one yeah. that, that you'll, that you'll right, appreciate. Right. It was only the second time since the merger that a team – took the lead on a defensive touchdown in the final minute of regulation. Do you know the other time well, that happened? Oh, I, I think I do. And I heard you talking about this yesterday. And I would have guessed this anyways, but I, I would have guessed it was Joe Pisarczyk yeah. and the fumble, right? Miracle Herm Maryland. Edwards and yep. all that, right? Got, yeah, got Phil Sims drafted right Introduced there. Introduced the victory formation to football. Yeah, right. before that, they would. They would just keep running plays. Just hand it off, right. Hey, we could just take a knee instead and right. not have to risk having a fumble in that spot. But that's only... Two times since the merger that it happened. And, of course, they, they blew the lead. They took the lead. When the Eagles took the lead, they won the game. When the Vikings took the lead, they still had to work a little Yeah, they did. Win. Well, That's, they had to deal with Josh Allen with like time left. It felt like it was left. never going to end. And I knew it was going to end in some crazy fashion. Right. It wasn't going to be a conventional finish right. with all that shit that happened. Yeah. No. Un- unbelievable. All right, so what? So get, give me like you know your your thoughts of your team here. How much better do you feel about them? You've been one to sit here and can't, you've been saying like I don't think we're as good as our record. Not you know, I don't do the. Yeah, you, know, you, you you do too. I don't do the. Weed All right, thing. well it is it's in your mind. Okay, so screw what you say. I know it's in your mind. You're going home to watch the replay of the game with your I son wanna, later today. I want to do it for. <laughs> Purely analytical journalistic purpose. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Kiss my ass. All right. So either way, though, like, no, are we – how much further did that make you feel as far as the confidence of your team? Like, you guys are good. All right? I'll well, give my two cents at first. It doesn't matter what I think. What yeah. matters is what guys in the locker room think. And when I talk to Patrick Peterson they believe. about it, they believe. And this is the thing where they have faith that in those moments when they're down – Yeah. 10, 17, whatever, somebody's going to step up and make a play. Somebody's going to make something happen. And, Chris, I think what the other side of this is, the Vikings will believe 
when they're in these tough moments that something good is going to happen. And eventually what will occur is the opponents yeah, start will to think that start too. thinking, oh, here man, it comes. We're in their situation here again. it comes. Yeah. I, I always think of the example of, and I didn't have a, a brother, but you know, the little brother trying to beat the big brother in ping pong. There's a point where the little brother is finally leading, but you yeah, start, start gripping, to tense up. You start gripping the. You, you want know, it so here bad. it comes. Here yeah. it comes. Right. It happens all the time. Here it comes. Even though it's a different opponent every week, I just think you know, when you when you hear and see Justin Jefferson after the game expressing a very high degree of confidence that this tells us this is our year. This tells us we're going to the Super Bowl. They believe it, and the problem is for the opponents, they are going to. Well, maybe it is their year. At some point, you see. When you see what happened yesterday, how do you not come away from that game thinking, maybe it is their year. He makes that catch. Maybe it is their day. And they still thread needles repeatedly to make it their day. You, you, you start to think, I mean, shit. I, listen, I hear you. It's, it's tangible. It is tangible. There's it no doubt written. about it. it there, there, like there's a lot of that. But they're it gonna is get, written. They're going to get teams here that are going to be just as stubborn oh, as they are. You know, who are going to go? Wait, wait, we're not going to mess this game up at the end of the game. So, and then they're going we'll to they're going to grip the paddle a little too tight when they're up seven points in the fourth quarter. We'll see. Either way, I'm, 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 I love the Vikings. I'm not ready. I don't know what it is. I'm not ready to say they're like a dominant football team, even though they're Good. sitting here at eight and one. I, I'm not. I mean, Keep even in that game it. yesterday, there was no moment in that game where they really dominated the game. At any stretch, at stretch, that's where it just—it's just odd. I'm not even trying to be a jerk. It's no, no, it's just it's like just, last week. They go up. They have a great opening drive. Right. They go up seven nothing. Right. And then they just like go to sleep until the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it really was pretty amazing being down twenty seven ten, then having the long run by Dalvin the, Cook. That, that he's the guy. That's the underrated part of the game because the quick score there, yeah. of course, gave them he, extra he, time to play. And, and with. I was still like, ah, but shit, they're still down by ten. Well, points. they went, drove right back down the field, Buffalo, right but, after right, it, right? And yeah. it was the it was the, the interception. I got something for you, yeah. Because after talking to Peterson about both interceptions, yeah, and this fits with something we talked about last week. Number one, they rely too much on Josh Allen yep. to save their ass. Always. And number two, they're not doing enough self-scouting because it was clear from talking to Patrick Peterson that both of those interceptions were the product of film study, yeah. of knowing the tendencies in the red zone, knowing that what to do when Josh Allen breaks the pocket. Well, you said First in the second he did, one he knew once the guy he lined knew, up that he knew he, he was, was going to break to the inside. He was going to break to the inside. And so he was waiting for him. When he saw him make the break, he forgot about him. He's like, I know he's going to throw this play ball. The ball. I'm going to play the ball. Yeah. And there it was. On the first one, as soon as Allen, you know, when the, when Allen breaks the pocket, right. he pushed Isaiah McKenzie out of bounds. And you can see on the replay, McKenzie is standing there flat-footed. He doesn't even get in the pursuit after Peterson makes the interception. He's like a spectator. Right. So Peterson shoved him out of bounds, legal hit at that point yep. once the quarterback's out of the pocket. Right. And then he, he saw, I think he thought it was Dawson Knox flashing past him, and he knew he was going to throw it. So th this, is the, this is the great challenge week in and week out, day in and day out, using your hours to try to stay ahead of the film study that you know your opponents are doing. And are the Bills staying ahead of it, or are they just too content to say, we got Josh Allen and you don't? So we don't need to worry about those details. But there's a little bit of arrogance there right now. And there is too much on Josh Allen. Again, you know, here's another big game where it's just it's all on him to your point. You're right about that. Um, those are huge moments of the football game, though. They really were. I mean, they were remarkable. And that, I guess that's why I just look at, you know, even that, that. That's a remarkable moment. Fourth and two. The game changes even if they, if they just get an interception or don't get an interception and he throws it away or it's an incomplete pass. You got the ball at the two-yard line. It's going to be a different 
yeah. aspect as he far took as it out driving to the third. down. Right. You got to go t- down. And he told I said, what's your thought process in that moment right. when you just don't take a knee? And he said the flow of the play was more to the other side of the field. So I thought I could get it yeah. to me right. and maybe an offensive lineman and the quarterback. And uh, <laughs> I said, what happened to the 30-yard line? Because it's just like you completely – like it was like the, the, the power cord got pulled out. Yeah. He said, it was a long drive and I'm old. <laughs> and he said, I just ran out of gas in the 30. He said, I knew I wasn't going 105 yards. Yeah. I just ran out of gas in the uh, 30. That's amazing. Uh, it really is. I, I, all right, so you, you obviously believe in their – their the magic the mojo they got going the belief i also am aware that this is part of the setup that that this is all like come on come on believe believe and then we're gonna rip your heart off and oh mom shiba oh mom shiba i feel like that's still coming at some point well you're you're that's the way you are you're dr doom but i've got 50 fucking years of it am i allowed to say that (laughs) you are of course you are yep it's the christmas i mean we're out here i mean nobody's around but it just feels odd to be uh, swearing it out loud. Out Trust me, I know yeah. it, it is. It's odd. It took me a while to kind of get used to it myself. Yeah, what five minutes? Uh, well, no, no. It's weird. <laughs> I feel bad sometimes because people are you never working. Know who's around. Yeah. Well, people are working, or if and it's, I'm going or if crazy. Bring an obscure relative to work day. You yeah, just never right. know what kid's gonna be around, and you start popping right. Pete's off kids were drooling on these mics the other day, so now we uh, all have that to, to deal oh, with. I, sp- I spit all over the microphone back in. Oh, back there, yeah, and the, all the, over. Tonight. I don't know why they don't just let me have my own mic. All right, I mean, I really don't. I'm gonna have to change that all right so anything else you want to say about that game because we're going to move on i feel like we've hit it enough you know again josh allen buffalo i think it is it's it's be fine. too much on him they will be fine he is obviously too loose with the football here as of late i mean that that's got to be corrected self-scout do whatever you want but the one thing we've seen here as of late is just inexplicable interceptions and uh, that that's really hurting their team. Last week, it gave the Jets a bunch of points, took points off the board for them. The la- you know the week before that against Green Bay Packers, and then yesterday, you know, and again, I do think part of that is the fact of there's a lot on him. And when you have to again, how many amazing plays did he make yesterday? Yeah, you know, how many times was it third and ten, third oh. and eight, third and twelve, and he gets the first down? But uh, right now, it might be going a little too hair on fire, loosey goosey. I got two points real quick. Yeah. One. The NFL admitted that they should have reviewed the Gabe Davis sideline catch yeah, on the final driver regulation, right. and it would have been overturned. Do they admit that if the Vikings don't win the game? Ooh. That's what I want to know. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Easy to be candid right. when the team that got screwed at the drive-thru yeah, finally wins. Ends, up, ends up winning. Second, right. the Josh Allen fumble yeah, at the goal line. snap, right. Miles Simmons and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah. How do you even prepare for that? Like – do you carve out time in practice? Is there ever a time where you can simulate that? Even come close to simulating that? Did, did you ever practice a situation like we that did, when you were in the NFL? We did practice backed up, like backed up situations, right? And we did. And in training camp, I can remember one or two times doing like a quarterback sneak kind of thing to but kind of get got, us but out. But you got a red jersey on too, so it's never going to be like it's it never, really is it's in a never, game. The intensity is never the same. Exactly right. It, the, the, the best – thing that you get prepared for is if usually if you're on the other goal line going in you know you heard me say last night I I wasn't shocked to see a fumbled snap in that situation because think about like what you're talking about here it's Mitch Morse the center it's two guys on either side of them the Vikings moved right before the snap to kind of mess with it so now he's wait I'm gonna block here to my right the whole time and now oh wait as I'm getting ready to snap the guy's going to my left I have to adjust and then the center is nervous 
He can sometimes be a little short with the ball and not put it in the sweet spot. And then he's making an abrupt, like, whoa, I got to get low. This guy's shooting down and trying to yeah. clog things it's up. It's the Shiano. It's the acceptable and legitimate Shiano Exactly move. right. And it, it does lead to the ball being off kilter. And, again, it looked like Josh Allen got his hands on it, but I bet you it wasn't right in the sweet spot. And then, you know, he's trying to move forward and get some momentum at the same time, and that was that. But that was not as, it's not as easy as maybe we make it seem I at, hope, at times. I hope that that play doesn't encourage, and I don't think it will, yeah. others to dust off the Shiano strategy of normal victory formation if it's a one-score game. I, I hope it won't. I don't think it will. Teeing off this like that. No, this you can different. freak out the center maybe right. and get lucky. Right. Uh, hopefully not. Still, this was it's different. still – I mean, what the – I mean – you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, it was fun while it lasted. It was memorable. Hey, I figured it was gonna. I I was saying I'd rather they lose by forty than have this happen. You'd already you you thrown in the white towel. It was done, and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking I thought it was gonna be a safety. I didn't. I had no idea that it was loose ball. I thought maybe they tackled him in the end zone, and then all of a sudden, it's like holy, holy, holy shit. They they got the ball. It, it's it's the craziest thing ever. And, I, then, I, really, and then it's like Josh Allen's got enough time to go down and score a freaking touchdown and win the game in regulation. Yeah, I know. Well, it's never over with him. But it, it is crazy. And again, I sit there in this game and, and Minnesota fans. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I just look at and, and felt like the better team on the field is the Buffalo Bills. I don't know. I don't know. Can you depend on miraculous and the other team making you know boneheaded mistakes on a regular basis here? But they had they had enough. They had, they had enough, enough good. miracles happen in that one game to qualify like three different people for canonization. Yeah, I, I know, I know. That's I guess that's why though I'm not bought in as them being an elite powerhouse. Even though I know they're going to the playoffs and they're gonna right now. I mean, they're gonna host a home playoff game. Well, if anyone can blow it, they can. So. And, and it's funny because I'm starting to look at the playoff tree. It's like. Aaron Rodgers as the seven seed, Minnesota as the two seed. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, Tom Brady coming to Minnesota. Come, it's yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Because I've been saying all along, Kirk Cousins versus these guys. But doesn't a, an outcome like yesterday elevate how Kirk Cousins views himself? It, I don't know. It, it should. To, I mean, it should. And and the, the the quote to Peter King from Justin Jefferson breaking the huddle on that fourth down and eighteen play. Cousins just said to Jefferson, be ready. I may just throw it up to you. And it worked. How does that not give everybody involved confidence? So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. They've got Cowboys, short week, Thanksgiving night, Patriots, right. Jets after that, three straight home games. Yep. Then they go to Detroit, and then they've got Colts, Giants. Five out of six games at home. No more outdoors games until Lambeau Field week 17, Soldier Field week 18. Table set. Table we'll set. We'll see. All right. Let's get on some other game. Hey, he's not a big fan, everybody. He just has their schedule uh, remembered and knows where they're well, playing. Well, remember, for the a next couple weeks ago, so. I was trying, I had a really great point and I could not get it out because I'd forgotten the schedule. There was something about, but after one of these games, they got five out of six at home. And now it starts now, five out of six yeah, at home. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And they have a great home field advantage. Um, there, there's no question about that. All right. Let's get to some other games. Can I get Sunday off and go to the game? I wonder if I could. Pull well, that. you probably could pull it off. Just I mean, one Sunday. One I'm just Sunday. Just for one Sunday. I, I think you could, right. unless there's like nothing like huge breaking news this week to where maybe you'd, you'd probably be able to pull that but off. But what we do during the show is whatever's big from the day. I That's know. the one thing. It, mm-hmm. There's there's nothing that that isn't already known isn't going to be available right. by 7 o'clock. Right. It's what happens during the day. So you never know what's going to happen. It could be another, there could be another game like the one we saw. Who knows? You never know where one of these games no, are going to come whole, from. Our whole show got thrown for yeah. a loop yesterday because of that game. All right. Let's get into some, uh, some other it, uh, upsets here. Okay. 
All right, and uh, we're going to call this segment uh, Kitty Has Claws, okay, in honor of Jackson DeVille. Who, uh, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Why <laughs> him? Yeah. Well, because he messed with you on Twitter. You got ago. on me with the Jaguars, you know, ago. picking it the other right. day. So right. I'm riding the theme there. Oh, there it is. Right. There it is. Right. right. Hey, you're an idiot, Florio. The field is 315, 60 feet long. From Hashtag that? moron. <laughs> 2013. Kitty has yeah. claws. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, – uh, your your NFC North rivals, the Green Bay Packers, they get the big win yesterday against the the Dallas Cowboys. Um, could be a, a turning point for the Green Bay Packers. Yes, right. I say that just because offense looked as good as it's looked all year. Right, ran the ball and had some explosive pass plays in in the pass game, which we haven't seen. Again, Aaron Rodgers, what was it, 14 completions for 220-something yards? Look how much more dangerous they were as a football team. That's what really jumped out to me, and maybe they can get onto something here. What I'd like to know, Chris, with the game Sunday and Thursday, yeah, because Aaron Rodgers for the past month and a half hasn't been practicing on Wednesday. Right. That thumb needs time to recover. I wonder if they deliberately went into this game, we're not going to throw it as much, we need to have that thumb recover by Thursday. That's the next question for them. Will he be ready to go Thursday night? How close to 100% will he be? But they ran the ball more percentage-wise yeah. than they ever have during Aaron Rodgers' time as a starter. And their play-action percentage on passes was the highest since 2020. It seemed like it. Right. That was, I think, an Elias Sports – no, it was an ESPN Stats and Information stat from last night. So, hey, w- what a shocker. You established the run. Aaron Jones, 148 yards, and it makes it easier to pass. And they use play action. And Christian Watson, three touchdowns. That's guy. the difference. Look, all this, this, I like this because it reinforces my point. He should have been there for the offseason program. Yeah. He should have gotten his right. guys together right. wherever he has his mansion or mansions in the offseason and gotten these guys comfortable because now they're getting comfortable in, in November. They should have been comfortable in September. They're getting comfortable in November. I don't disagree with you there. I, I, I totally don't. And, and, hey, we might be onto something in the Green Bay. We'll see. You know, again, that was a special running, you know, performance, certainly. I think the one thing it might do is a little bit crack the code on Dallas a little bit. Dallas, we've talked about this on the show. They're not big up front. They're about speed and chaos. And Green Bay, even though I don't think it's like this dominant offensive line, they're very well coached. It's a good offensive line. They're well coached. They understand how to block all the different looks, and they don't mess things up. I think that's the positive thing about them. But then the, the thing that puts it over the edge is the aggressive passing, too. You know, Dallas, because of that run game, to your point, Mike, right, they had to load the box. They played some man-to-man, and that left people one-on-one with Christian Watson, who's – I think going to be a star in, in football. I mean, he was my second favorite quarterback coming out in the draft. And then actually, we got a, a comment here from Twitter at the real Donald. Um, I hope it's not Donald Trump. All right. So, but at at the you real said Donald. It, not me. Okay. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. He's, he's not. Him. He's banned. He's banned. I don't picture. He's oh, yeah, you're right. He's banned. You're right. I don't so picture him, him listening to my podcast anywhere. But but he said somewhere at at somewhere at C Sims QB is smiling about Christian Watson. Yes, I was smiling yesterday. I think he's going to be a star all right here's a little pop quiz off of that though. i know the answer you do Do you, you want to take the quiz you do you know the it? answer okay no. no i i saw it yesterday oh you did okay yeah. i don't know so hold on let me ask here so watson is the second rookie ever with three td catches in a game versus the cowboys all right are we talking a long time ago or is it like somewhere recent like can i have a clue there or no the clue is that i would definitely know the all answer right. so it's it's way it's a it's a it's a vikings 
It's Randy Moss on yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I retweeted this yesterday okay. with a Moss on Thanksgiving 1998. Gotcha. So. I'm not. I'm not like I haven't caught up on social media. Like today is the day where I'll finally be like, wait, it's what good. is going it's good. on there's yesterday? Some, there's some people and... in Miami that want to talk to you, so it's <laughs> good sure. you're, you're staying yeah, away from. Right. Me. I'm sure. All right. So either way, let's t- let's talk about this a little bit more. Anything change your mind about the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers in this football game? Do you think Green Bay can legitimately yes. be a force here? Yes. You yes. Do. They can. They can. Now they've got this game. Short week against the Titans on Thursday night, and yeah. I am wondering how healthy Aaron Rodgers will be. And then they've got a little extra time to get ready for a trip to Philadelphia, which could be one hell of a game. And then they've got the Bears, and then their bye week. So I think they could pull themselves back into contention. And, hey, you know, we have assumed Cowboys-Giants to the wild card spots yeah, right. and an all-out scrum right. for the last one. Well, now the – the Packers hold the tiebreaker if it comes down to them and the Cowboys for one of those spots. Not that the Cowboys are going to implode, but you know, it's funny. Last week, the narrative is, hey, Mike McCarthy's perfectly comfortable. There's no more talk about him getting fired after this season. No Sean Payton talk. Well, games like yesterday, if they continue, and if that's your last game of the season, like if this had been playoff loss with this performance by McCarthy – well, I mean, that's one could, of the funny things be, about could the be game. Sean it's like Payton time. Mike McCarthy going back to Green Bay and kind of mismanaging a situation at the end of the football game was kind of ironic. It really was. Now, I, I, I don't know. What was your what was your thoughts on the fourth and three in the overtime? I, I don't think it was egregious. He was in a tough spot. Going into the wind, it would have been a 50-yard field goal. Right. And it doesn't end the probably. game. Yeah, right. it doesn't end the game. Right. And um, You miss it. You give them the I ball. I like the play. Yeah. The play didn't – like, the Vikings had a play – they went for a fourth down play, and they didn't even show a run look, and it was just kind of like, what What are you doing? Like, like it, it just sometimes these fourth down plays, and this gets back to the whole analytics thing. The analytics say you should go for it. Okay, fine, but what's my play going to yeah, be? Yeah, I got you. And I just didn't – it didn't look like a great play, and McCarthy slammed down the headset. and You know, the emo- emotion is – obviously it was very real for him yesterday, and I don't know if it crept into his head a little bit, but I don't have a problem with going for it in that spot. My my problem is I just the play I think I don't like shotgun on fourth or third and less than five. You like shotgun gives away that you're going to throw it and if you're going to run it you got your tailback starting flat footed which is kind of the yeah, equivalent going, of having a hand he's behind going your horizontal back. Yeah. instead of vertical yeah. to start the the run. I I, I hear you. There's there's valid points to that. There definitely is. You know Green Bay. Hey, that was a solid start. I got to see another game to believe it. I guess is what I'm saying to see if they could actually make explosive plays in the past game. Run the ball like that to get man to man. Cowboys. Hey, one of my things I've talked about with the Cowboys is maybe a hair too aggressive on the defensive side of the ball at times, and then leaving one on one opportunities. I don't understand why Trayvon Diggs was never thrown on uh, to Christian Watson yesterday in coverage. That was something that bothered me. And then I think the other thing, too, that we got to take into account here, even though the Cowboys had a 28-14 to lead and were controlling the game, even at 28-14, to the, 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 the Cowboys left points on the board with Dak Prescott, bad interception in the red area after they got the strip sack fumble from Aaron Rodgers down there backed up, right? Remember that? Demarcus Lawrence strip sacked him. He throws a bad INT. That leaves points on the board. They're at least going to get a field goal. And then throws another bad interception. Um, you know, what was that? That was late second quarter. He throws the ball down the middle. And Paris Ford, I don't know if CeeDee Lamb didn't 
was supposed to go underneath him. He goes over the top of him. Bad interception nonetheless leads to a touchdown for the Green Bay Packers. So there were some self-inflicted wounds there. You know, Dallas, again, I like the balance of their football team, but that's one where you know, they might have to reevaluate how they play Green Bay the next time they go up there or, or see them in the playoffs when they're at home. And, Chris, one other fact yeah. that contributes to the Mike McCarthy suddenly isn't as safe as he was a week ago, first time – in the history of the franchise, they blew a fourteen-point lead going into which is the pretty amazing. Quarter. Pretty yeah. amazing, really. You think about the Dallas Cowboys as long as they've been this, around. This, yeah, this isn't exactly a team that barely ever has a fourteen-point lead yeah, going right. into the fourth quarter. One hundred and ninety-five and zero, they had that's been. That's insane. You, Pete, one hundred and ninety-five and one now. Yep. All right. Green that, Bay. That's the kind of shit that gets Jerry a little antsy. He's going to roll out of bed and. Be all gravelly voiced one of these days, and he's going to say, "Get, get me Sean Payton." Yeah, yeah, get, I, you're, get me you're Sean exactly Payton. right. You're exactly right. And here, here's some interesting things too. Here, I mean, C.D. Lamb played great. We talk about Prescott's interceptions. Michael Parsons zero QB pressures on just eight pass rushes. This is why he's amazing. First off, that he's even in the conversation for sack leader in the NFL. He doesn't get the attempts, but I think this is what the running for Green Bay did. Now, because they're running the ball, they use Michael Parsons more as the stand-up linebacker and get a bigger defensive end in there, and now it doesn't give him the opportunity um, to you know, come off the edge and play that game as much. And that was a huge part of the football game. The fact that they could still run the ball down 28-14 to 14 and not let Dallas get into some of their crazy coverages and we're going to blitz and all the crazy stuff we do, uh, that to me was the difference in the game. And we'll see if Green Bay can keep that running attack up because if they can, they'll get one-on-one. And then I think Rodgers will have some confidence in this kid who's got three rockets up his ass. And you mentioned cracking the code. Yeah. The Vikings with – Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I, that's where it's, up it's, this it's exactly right. They're gonna they're gonna have to adjust how they're gonna like how are we gonna play run defense and still stop Justin Jefferson and Thielen in the back end without just going we're gonna play bump man to man in your face. Yeah. It's just not possible, right? I mean, I think we're at the point now where you know the, the receivers, the offenses, they're too good just to think. Wait, my top tier corner is gonna cover this guy all over the field everywhere he goes, and that's where you gotta have. You know, you hear me during the game sometimes. Like, you gotta have somebody to help on the crosser. There's gotta be another guy where, okay, like Christian Watson on his last two touchdown passes, he runs across the field. It's man to man coverage. He runs four two. Everybody, what corner do we think is gonna chase him fifty yards across the field and be able to win that matchup all the time? And that's the closest thing you're gonna get to running in a straight line forty yards exactly to show right. that speed. If you get that long diagonal, so as soon as, you just go exactly. And as soon as you get the release, and you know the smart defenses, the Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots, they always have somebody there to protect that corner because they know he's vulnerable to that. And uh, that was a little surprising to me altogether. All right. It was Saturday on a Sunday. Well, well <laughs> it was, and, and I don't know that Josh McDaniel survives a Monday. I keep are you, checking you, are for Are you the, serious? You I think can, it's really that serious? You think it, this I, really could happen? I believe that, but for the buyout, yeah, he'd be coordinating New England's offense by Christmas, if not Thanksgiving. Do you think there's – is there more to this that I don't know about? Well, I mean, it's, you, it's, you stay in contact with some of this stuff around the league more than I do at this time of the year. It's we, weird vibe. Yeah. Like, there's been this weird vibe. Like, every time they lose, Mark Davis goes into Josh McDaniel's office and they're there for a long time and it and slows they discuss the whole everything. process down. Like, right. And I, that's – it's just trying to predict – the decisions of the inherently unpredictable. Right. And after what happened last week with the Colts, 
how do you not at least put on the radar screen the possibility of Mark Davis doing something completely and totally kooky right now? Yeah. You know, trying to fire him for cause. We don't know what's been going on behind the scenes. Fire him for cause and not pay him like his dad did with Lane Kiffin. His dad's (laughs) unpredictable. He's unpredictable. They're all unpredictable. And they had the Colts in town, and maybe they caught some of that unpredictable virus (laughs) from Jim Irsay. So that's why I don't rule out anything at this point. That's got to be the low water mark of their time. And it has to be in Las Vegas. It can't get any worse than that. To lose at home to a team that was in complete and total disarray. They, to do what they did last week, to fire your coach, replace him with someone from the outside, and oh, by the way, we've got a game this weekend. Who's going to call the plays? I don't know. How about the guy that was getting the coaches dry cleaning three years ago? Let's have him do it. Because Scott Milanovic said no because he wanted a raise and they were too, too cheap to give him a raise. The whole thing was weird. Yeah. And they still won the freaking game. Yeah. And here comes Matt Ryan back from the glue factory. He's not starting the rest of the year. Now he's starting again. Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, that, that is the oddest thing of all. I mean, Saturday obviously had a conversation with Jim Irsay and was like, wait, if I can come back, then I just there's no more Sam Ellinger. But he said, he said Monday night Sam Ellinger's the starter. Now maybe between Monday and Wednesday he realized, why are we starting exactly. this kid I would when think we that's got a what Hall of Famer? That's what I would think happened. He Start watching some film, film. Like, what are we doing? He talked to a few guys on the staff. The staff was like, I, I don't know. Sam, hey, we like him, and he's a nice little backup, but we should be playing Matt Ryan. And that, again, I mean, I think we all know that this was all done was because of the finances. A business decision. Right. And Ursay trying to push back. It's like this weird, I'm doing it for spite. Right. Everybody says it's a business decision. I'll show them it's not. I'll change the decision and put $17 million at risk. And Peter King made this point on Friday. The idea that Ursay's not one of these mega billionaires. He's got like a $30 million buyout for Frank Reich. Right. You throw another $30 million obligation because they already owe Ryan 12 next year whether he's on the team yep. or not. Right. It could go to $29 million. If he can't pass a physical by the middle of March, they owe him $29 million. That's the risk they assume. He gets an injury at some point this year, and he can't pass a physical by the middle of March. They owe him $29 million. That's why he got benched. That's why he was going to be put in bubble wrap, and now they've gone the other way. Three weeks later, they've gone the other way. It's amazing. Jeff Saturday, again, he didn't reinvent the game plan or how they play. The Colts' defense is real, but he obviously gave them some energy, right? There was some energy, a new vibe in the building. Saturday provided that. We heard all his ex-teammates, Tony Junji, talked about the leader he is and how much he loves football. I think there's real value into that. And then maybe, you know, here's a guy that just... Hey, I, I don't doubt his football knowledge. I mean, again, I still doubt on how this works, and this is still a weird thing we're going on. But I don't doubt that he could have walked in there to what you were just talking about, Mike, even with the Matt Ryan situation, looked at everything and just went, wait, we're going to play like this this week. We're, I want to do this. And then kind of gives the guidelines of how to play and what they're going to do. And then, of course, him being an ex-offensive lineman, uh, it, it's hard for me not to look at that aspect and go, that had to have something to do with the rushing attack yesterday, that he looked at it and went, wait, I, I, they're playing this way. I like these run plays. we got to run this this way. That's where I could see him having some value. But either way, I think we both agree, Colts were kind of really kind of dominant in the game for a period of time. I know it was a 25-20 victory, but let me just uh, like show people this. It was 10 to nothing. Matt Ryan was playing great. They were running the ball well. They were driving down the field and in field goal territory, and he threw a pass to Kiki Kute down the middle for a significant gain to get them like red air, red zone fringe, and he fumbled. I don't know if you remember that happening. He fumbles, right? So the Raiders go down and get a score and make it 10-7. They drive down again. Matt Ryan takes a, a, a bad sack, right? 
Uh, and this might have been two drives later because they go and get the field goal. It takes a bad sack. They miss a field goal at the end of the half where they could have been. They should have been up 16-7, to seven, even more than that at that point. But nonetheless, they were sitting there in the third quarter down 14-13, to 13, and that's when next drive, Jonathan Taylor makes the, the big run, and uh, it became kind of a fun game down the stretch. But, but uh, the Colts, their defense kind of uh, bailed them out. Stephon Gilmore with the big pass breakup at the end of the game to win it for them. I think to a certain extent, too, the Raiders were the guinea pigs to see what the Colts were going to be under that's, a, that's why they're in a tough, so, tough spot there. Yes. Game two, game three, game right. four, more right. film. Right. Do you self-scout? Yeah. Do you make changes? Sure. How do you stay ahead of whatever you're putting out there? And that's where, that's where Saturday is going to be challenged the most. Is he signing over his entire life to this? Is he going to be sleeping in the office? Now, when he was there, you know, Tony Dungy, the most successful coach by far who didn't live that maniacal, over-the-top, stay-all-night work ethic. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked. Maybe maybe Saturday will try to do the same thing. It's a hell of a story. And I'm, I'm conflicted on this. I love a good story. I still think it's an affront to all of the hardworking coaches out there that you could pluck somebody who's been out of the league for 10 years, had no college or pro coaching experience, and put him in that job. And I don't know why there are people in the media that don't understand what the problem is. Bill Cowher was very passionate about it yesterday on your dad's right. show on CBS. CBS. Right. Very passionate about it. I mean, Jeff Saturday had two different opportunities. Chris Ballard said this last week. Cowher was talking about it like he was breaking news. Ballard said it. On Monday night, we tried to hire him twice before yeah. to be the offensive line coach, right. and it didn't work out. Right. Yeah, because he said no. Right. So he could have made it easier for everyone if he'd already been on the staff. If he's already on the staff last week and they make him the head coach, we may say, well, well, you got John Fox and you got Gus Bradley, but then again, they're not head coaches for a reason. Okay, at least he's on the staff. He knows what's going on in the building. It's not as kooky as grabbing a former player out of the blue, out of a TV studio. And if it works, like, hey, he'll be the head coach hey, of the Jaguars. Hey, I hope it does you'll work. You'll be the head coach Damn, of the Jaguars. That's right. And, if it works, uh, shit, I got, I got leverage here at yeah. NBC if it works. Yeah, no doubt about it. Boom. Uh, I, I don't really, and I, I don't really want to do that, honestly. So that's not going to happen. But um, it, we'll see where it goes from here. Again, You'd be I'm, a better GM than a head coach. I, that, I, would, I would hope so. That's what I'd, I'd rather do that. I'm not saying you'd be a good GM. I'm right. just saying you'd be you'd a be better, better GM than that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Colts will be interesting. The Col- The one thing we got to realize with the Colts here, and again, I don't know if I even nec- – I don't agree that Frank Reich should have been fired. I'm one of those guys that doesn't really think that. I understand it, but I, I wouldn't have done it. Coach Dungey agrees with that. Okay. He wouldn't have fired him. I, I, I just – I didn't think it called to that, and especially when – like you were set up to, I have to bench Matt Ryan and play somebody less and then have to try to make that happen. And now you're going to hold me accountable for those losses, even though I didn't get to play the guys that I'm professionally the one that should be telling you who should be playing. And I was still 3-5-1. Exactly. That's where it's kind of fucked up in my that's opinion. What's, that's what's weird. You look at the standings right, right now, and there's Indianapolis 4-5-1. 4-5-1 with a top-10 defense that's really a top-10 defense. Like It's not like, oh, this is just you know some like, oh, they got lucky with some matchups. No, the, the Colts defense with Gus Bradley is a legit top-5 defense across the board. They're good at stopping the run they're very sound and pass defense they make a few plays and then if they can run the ball like they did yesterday uh, they're going to be a pain in the ass here so we'll, we'll see where this goes with the Indianapolis Colts but Matt Ryan back in the fold he was very efficient played well it was good to see and I'm happy for Jeff Jeff Saturday I mean again that wasn't easy and I'm sure he's been dealing with a lot of chatter and people and his family having to hear a lot of shit about him over the last week and he, so he took the, he took the high road yeah. he had some comments to Peter King because Joe Thomas said that Jim Irsay hired his drinking buddy, and 
Cowher said what he said. Well, Joe and, Thomas is a hater, so and, you can't and, and Jeff, to Joe Jeff Thomas. Saturday, but Jeff Saturday goes, Joe Jeff Thomas. Saturday goes uh, high road. Yeah. High road. Yeah. For yeah. now. Yeah. Joe Thomas is like a troll to everybody. He never has a comment of his own, but he just likes to troll everybody else. So I don't really like Joe Thomas, and uh, we can let that well, be known. Please be more yeah. candid. There we go. I don't care. Yeah. He's, a, he's like an internet troll. All right. Either way, let's move on to a little segment that you've never been a part of, okay? I almost want I'm you to kick it off. I'm aware of damn okay. I, all right, That's yeah, all so I can damn say. Damn okay. Damn okay. <laughs> Let's kick it. Damn okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. <laughs> I am Chris Sims. Right? Okay. I think of you every time. Damn. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Now, is that actually house music? Is that like? It, I think it's it's something here in, that NBC yeah. has got. It's a good little jam. I right? think it's probably from some free site where you don't have to pay a royalty. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're we're like, pretty good at picking. It's not like those. somebody brought in a synthesizer. No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. And I mean, who could come up with the lines of illegal gambleizing like me? That's I mean, something that still a special, should catch on. That's a special one. That's a Simsism for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into a little damn okay. Let's go to last night's game. Again, 49ers, they get the big victory, right? Uh, win 19-16. to 16. Defense was dominant. And that's where we'll start with our first damn okay. With one of the best defensive players in all of football, Nick Bosa. Had three QB hits, had a sack, five QB hurries. He's awesome in the run game. He really is. They get the 22-16 to 16 victory. Excuse me. They fucked over my best bet. I got to call Kyle and tell him what an asshole he is. Score a touchdown at the end of the game. Had to settle for a damn field goal. Gosh, that killed me. But either way, last night. Again, I'll start it off here, Mike, with the damn okay. Bosa looked good. We saw, you know, the Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, you know, combination a little bit. I was impressed with the Chargers in the first half, and really actually throughout the game, they, they, they played about as physical of a game as we've seen them play the whole year on the defensive side of the ball. They weren't just bludgeoned by the run game or anything like that. But in the second half, I do think the 49ers wore them down to a degree. And the big thing is the defense of the 49ers oh. just suffocated the Chargers. 52 really. yards in the second half. I mean, oh the my gosh, right? You know, so, so that's where, that's where it, and it's 35 pass yards. You know, again, I know that the, there's injuries with the Chargers and all that. But there's to, injuries with the 49ers, too. Exactly though. right. Well, I don't, and you know, the Chargers, it's always something. It Roseanne, is always Roseanne, something. Adana, it's always something. And right. Miles and I were talking about this earlier. Brandon Staley had some attitude like, why don't we get more credit? Well, because it's, it's a fraudulent five and three. You keep trying to lose games. Like, you're making these decisions to put your team in a bad spot. How are you five and three now, five and four? How does it happen? How is it sustainable? And, uh, I, I, again, we, we get to see him again Sunday night, two weeks in a row. Right. Chargers Chiefs this week. And I don't expect the outcome to be any different. And we're probably going to line up. Uh, I was sweating bullets last night. We're all lined up. Everybody picked the 49ers. That's the recipe for disaster. But we're probably going to be all lined up. Everybody's picking the Chiefs. There was nothing last night that would make me think that the Chargers are going to be able to beat the Chiefs. Uh, no, no, I don't think so either. You know, they do at least have a defense that's built to play that pass defense, that type of game. We don't have to worry about the run. So that's one thing. But I think the, the thing that we're both seeing here is the offense has to change. There's got to be something. They've got to they got to do 
something to, you know, something I said in the pregame. I've kind of been saying this on the podcast. It's just too predictable. Yeah. It's too West Coast by the book offensive attack. And, you know, I know they don't have their main firepower out there, but you could still come up with some game plan design plays of taking some shots down the field, backing the safeties off. And they did that early on in the football game. That was kind of was impressive. They came out and I went, ooh, they're hidden. They're stopping the run a little bit. You know, and then they were taking a few shots down the field. To me, that was the big story of the first half. That really was. That's why they went in with the lead. But they ran out of tricks. The 49ers got a feel for what they do. There's no run game for the Chargers. And, you know, when you're constantly trying to, oh, read the coverage exactly the right way and, you know, throw a ball into a six, you know, six yards down the field into a tight window, it's just too tough with a team like the 49ers who, you know, don't have to blitz. And when they do blitz, they're creative. And they're, you know, of course, a very fast, aggressive defense as is. Uh, I, you know, again, I'm a believer in the 49ers. I thought it was a good start last night. It wasn't a great game altogether. It was not. But defense was good. And I think we saw that run game. It's going to kind of get going here as they get healthy on that side of the ball too. I still I said it last night, I'll say it again. The 49ers are the most dangerous team in the NFC if their main core of players is healthy. That's the big question. Can they keep these guys healthy as they make their push? But now they're 5 and 4 and off they go. And it's funny because a lot of people don't even consider them a dark horse team. But they were 4 and 4 through 8 games. Yeah. And it's amazing they're 4 and 4. But it's those in, those injuries come together. You know, they have too many guys injured. They lose to the Falcons. Too many guys injured. They, they don't get it done here. And, and I think that uh, they keep these guys together. They keep them healthy. And, and it's going to be something, even with Jimmy G. They can overcome Jimmy G. Well, and, and let's go there. I got a question here from uh, Derek Weatherford. The 49ers won, but it was closer than it should have been. Does Kyle let Jimmy G make changes at the line of scrimmage if teams are stacking the box? Maybe a quick out to Ayuk or Debo. Seems like the play is the play even when there are six to eight guys in the box. Eh, it's a good question. I think there are there's check with me's and he yeah. has certain things, but it's it's not he doesn't have overall freedom maybe like some of the other quarterbacks in football. Well, does it surprise you? No, of course not. It does not. No. I mean, again, I don't think Well, Jim- is it, it's a, and it's a Kyle thing too, but it's also I you know, Jimmy doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that if he wasn't playing football, he'd be finishing up medical school. Well, right I, I think there's, there's some reality to that. I do. I mean, you talk to anybody. I think that's, you know, whether you go back to New England days or whatever, I think there's that thought out there. Yeah. And, and then also, I think to that point, Derek Weatherford, the 49ers, Shanahan, you know, he's he's teams know they want to run the ball. He doesn't want to give the green light of, oh, like, you know, he, he trusts in his running game and, okay, there's too many guys in the box, but I'm going to block it the right way and we'll leave the one guy that can't make the play unblocked in the box too so he's gonna kind of rely on that a little bit more maybe than than other teams in football uh but uh, you know they do need more from jimmy g i think that's the big thing they just got to make he's got to just have, have a little bit more of a you know a scare factor or he's got to get in the trust tree a little bit more to where it's not so predictable where they're throwing the football and relying on the run game so much you're already salty on a Monday, and I assume this is a normal Monday for you. I haven't dealt with you on yeah. a Monday in a long time. Yeah. Did you see what the explanation was for the Dre Greenlaw ejection? Oh, my gosh. Did you see the explanation? No, what was the, la- the explanation? The violation was right. the lowering the helmet to initiate right. contact with an opponent, and and Justin Herbert was already down, and Dre Greenlaw had options. If you watch that play, the knee hits instantaneously, nanosecond before Greenlaw hits him. And Greenlaw's already committed. The target gets moved as he's beginning to make his move. And what bothers me about it is 
they never call that penalty. It's almost like this looks bad. We got to do something. And I wonder, too, Chris, whether they felt compelled to do something because of the travesty in Kansas City where they didn't even throw the flag. They threw it and picked it up with the Juju Smith-Schuster. You got quotes last night from – But that was a clean hit, too. Uh, Well, well, they they, they determined it was clean, but I don't know how you get – I mean, I know how you can get a concussion on a hit like that because it's whiplash and it's movement of the head. Well, that's one thing that's a real thing right Right. now. People believe the helmets are too heavy. And they're they're hitting the ground because they're so they're so into protection. I've heard this from a few people around the league because we're seeing more people hit their head in the ground in concussions than ever before. I mean, at least in my opinion, I don't remember in yeah. the '80s like guys doing this all the time where the head hit the ground well, and they get up wobbly. I mean, they, they basically wore a helmet out of a Halloween costume. That's, well, that's in the what 80s. I mean, and they were getting hit on concrete. Yeah. So I know, and Jason Garrett actually was the one that kind of started this conversation. I've asked a few people around football because he goes, "I think the helmets are too heavy. It's adding to the whiplash, and they are heavy. I know that. So maybe that is part of it. I didn't mean but, to but, cut but you regardless, off. Sorry. No, no. But yeah. with the Dre Greenlaw thing, yeah, they please, found go. it was a violation of the lowering the helmet rule. It was that rule that just came up out of nowhere in. 2018. It was crafted by health, safety, PR, legal, not football. It's never been a realistic rule. It was, remember, it created chaos in the 2018 preseason. And then it kind of goes away and then it comes back and, like, it doesn't get flagged, but they find guys and we don't know who they're finding for it. Like, they're looking for it, but you rarely see it flagged. And I almost feel like New York decided we got to do something here. It looks bad. Yeah. He got hit. It looked vicious. We got to do something about yeah. it. Horrible call. They're ruining it. New York. I don't. I don't understand it. It shouldn't even been a penalty, let alone an ejection. If it's a running back, it's not a foul. Well, that, that's my biggest thing here. That penalty was called, and I said this on the Peacock post game show for one reason because it was a quarterback and it was Justin Herbert. We could. I could go back through every game yesterday in the NFL. And we could see probably three to four plays like that with a running back who's going to the ground and gets crushed in the head, and there's not a penalty. Or another handful of plays where the running back lowers his head with the crown of the helmet and crushes some defensive player, and nobody fucking cares. But now we're going to care. And then in the biggest moments of the game, too, that's where it just bothers me. And again, Justin Herbert knew what he signed up for. He was a running back at that point. Horrible call. Ejection. I mean... I don't even ejection what, is so crazy to me. I, the, I don't even know where to begin the top, with that. And that's why I think it was a reaction to the criticism about how the Juju Smith-Schuster thing was handled. Where there's a thread that runs through what happened in the afternoon, and it culminates in a standalone game. There's an opportunity because Marquez Valdez Cantlin came out and said, "Are they really protecting us?" Oh, I, well, again, I don't know what, what what do they want to do in the Kansas City game. That was the it was as clean know, as it gets. But when tell you're down Patrick Mahomes field, not to throw the ball when the well, guys go and after him. I mean, when, when you're down you know, there on the field in real time, I guess when you see the outcome, you assume the guy got hit in the head. I know, I know, know. I know. It, and, and again, it's a brutal sport, but that's just the way it is. Uh, but that's enough on that game. Damn okay, Nick Bosa, 49ers, I think we both believe him. are real. Isn't it amazing he's been patient. And I, hasn't I can't even get over that it. He get paid. I, I I can't get over it. It really is. He's quite the soldier there. And for the 49ers, too. You know, 22-16, Ayuk fumbles early, gives the, the Chargers the short field. They hold them to a field goal. That was a big moment. You know, the, the 49ers had a punt blocked. They held the Chargers to a field goal once again. The 49ers' defense was phenomenal. Jimmy Garoppolo played good. He did. 
But there was a game where, yeah, you know, again, yeah, I think there were some opportunities probably with the way the Chargers play defense that you'd hope the pass game could be a little bit more relevant and scary. All right, next damn okay. Let's give it to this guy, Devin White, all right, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nine tackles, two sacks. His father passed away last week. All right. That was a great performance. The Seahawks, with that offense, has been explosive all year long. They really couldn't get it going at any point in this football game. And I think this is why Tampa is a little dangerous. I know you've brought up, like, nobody wants to see Brady in the playoffs, and nobody is going to want to see this Tampa Bay defense now that it's healthy in the playoffs. That's where they're, to me, scary. It's going to be kind of defense, run the ball, Brady be clutch, and I think they could have a a successful formula with that there in Tampa Bay. And look, Brady, as... As he gets past some of these off-field issues, right? It's been more than two weeks ago. Right. It was right after that Ravens game where Devin White was loafing on at least one play. Yeah. He was heavily criticized, got steamrolled down the field by the, the Ravens center. Yeah, Linderbaum. Um, Brady last Monday night said at times the effort on game day is embarrassing. Yeah. Todd Bowles... Uh, this is said awesome. the next day there's no issue with right. effort. Brady doubled down. <laughs> Brady doubled <laughs> down it. later in the week. Yeah. And so th- this is where a guy who is a great leader, who holds himself accountable, and is, is willing to – I think back to the story that Devin White told when the Pro Bowl came out, when the Pro Bowl team was announced late 2020. You know, they do re- December with a game or two yeah, left in the regular right. season. And he was pissed he didn't make the Pro Bowl, and Tom said to him, are you fucking kidding me? Pro Bowl? You care about the... I don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl. We're not here to make the Pro Bowl. Right. We're here to make it to the Super Bowl. Right. And then remember when they beat the Packers to get to the Super Bowl, and there were guys in the locker room crying. He started yelling at yeah, people. Right. Like, we're not done yet. Yeah. We got another game. That's the kind of thing. And I think about them, and I think about the Vikings. I think about the Eagles. I think about these other teams that don't have someone like that who in those moments is going to keep guys focused. Yeah. And now he, he applied the red-hot poker. You know, they went to a game that felt like a bigger game. Super Bowl, playoff game, college bowl game, whatever, and we see them at their best. Running the ball, yeah. playing good defense, and making it easier for Tom Brady to do everything except catch a pass. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a great all-around performance. It was, yeah, not, not what, catching a what pass. What is that? I mean, I the guy runs either. like the Tin Man anyway, and they're going to throw him a prime, pass. Even in his prime, he ran like the Tin Man, let alone at 45. But, yeah, that wasn't impressive when the run game was the key. The Seahawks, you know, a little like Dallas, they, cre- they want to create chaos. You know, they're, they're a defense that does a lot of different things. People at the line of scrimmage, they can't get to the quarterback with their front four, so they try to manipulate that with different looks and things. But there's Brady and the Bucks. They're well coached. They know how to block some of those looks, and then they know how to pick up some of the blitzes, and that just led to them gashing them on the offensive side of the ball. They gashed that Seahawks defense throughout the day and really suffocated. I mean, really suffocated the, uh, the, the Seahawks offense for the most part until mid-fourth quarter. I know Geno played well, but it was late in the game before he ever got any stats going. That 21-16 final score was not Very misleading. the ass-whipping that the Buccaneers Exactly right. And if Brady doesn't throw an interception late, which was kind of shocking, you know, his first interception since week one against the Cowboys, you know, that was pretty amazing. But the Seattle Seahawks, they've been great on third downs all year. They went one for nine. I'm telling you, and you're telling everybody too, I don't mean to just talk about me. That I mean, Devin White's still a baller. 
Devin White's criticism a few weeks ago to me was a little unwarranted. He's kind of the guy, Mike, and this is where I'll stick up for him to a degree. He's kind of the guy that's always put in the toughest spot on the defense. Yeah. Kind of like, like Xavier Howard of the Dolphins, right? Where you're like, well, he got beat a lot. And you're like, well, he's playing man-to-man against the best team's receiver every week. It's going to happen. And Devin White at times gets put in that, wait, you got to stop the C-gap run, and we want you to stop the RPO pass. And it's just like, okay, well, that's you're asking him because he's a phenomenal football player, and sometimes it's not going to work out quite that way but either way I think this defense is real in Tampa and watch out for the Bucks. I think they're going to be uh the pain in the butt here down the stretch whenever we make it to England yeah because they are becoming even louder in their cries for us to go over to England we're gonna have to go to Germany because they were singing country roads in the stadium well they, and was, they know the words in English. We got to go to Germany. Well, all right, let's give a damn okay to the German fans. Uh, at Sam Bivalent kind of talked about how logistically possible it is to have a European division and what cities would you want the teams to, to – what, what, and, and what cities would you want to have teams except London? So, all right, we were saying – I think he's saying be London two in for London. sure. There'll be two in London two in if London. it ever happens. Right. One at Tottenham and one at Wembley. One at Munich. <laughs> Min- minimize the travel time. Right. One in Munich and then one in another German city unless one of these other – European countries makes a strong Jumps enough on. pitch. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, Roger Goodell, speaking at an event in connection with one of the London games, acknowledged the possibility of a division. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you're talking expansion teams, if you're talking about relocation, probably a combination of both. And the Jaguars are a candidate. They've always been a candidate to move yeah. to England. And it's, it's a money thing. Shot Khan is going to make more money owning that team if it's based in London than if it's based in Jacksonville, period. And he did not buy that team because he's a Jacksonville native who spent his whole life dreaming about owning the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just wanted to buy an NFL team. He tried to buy the Rams. Stan Kroenke had a right of first refusal. So Kroenke gets the Rams and Khan gets the Jaguars. And it won't surprise me just as Kroenke moved the Rams. It won't surprise me if at some point Khan moves the Jaguars. And of course, until the day he does, he's going to deny it yeah. and then he'll just do it. Right, right. It'd be interesting to see if they can pull that off. I know it's on the radar. I've, I've heard from people too. Uh, it will be interesting, but that atmosphere was special. It was. The fact that the game was 45 minutes over, an hour over, and it was still like half the stadium was full and they were enjoying the players on the field and the post-game shows, it was pretty special, uh, no doubt about that. There will be, soon, most of these Sunday mornings, we're going to be watching a football game and not, and not paying any attention to the pregame shows. Uh, I, I, I know, I know. Because the, 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 one of the benefits of going to 17 regular season games is it creates the opportunity for every team to play in a neutral site game right. and still have eight home games. Right. And you know, so you could do you, you could have literally a game every week at 9:30 a.m. Eastern. That could that could be that could be something that happens in the next few years. All right, so we got we got one more international game, right? We got the 49ers in Mexico City yes. at some point here in the next Unless few the weeks. Unless the field. Now, you know, we, we, we wonder under what circumstances they will actually pull the plug on a field. Remember how bad that field was four years ago when they were going to play that yes. epic Rams-Chiefs game was right. going to be played in Mexico City right. and got moved to L.A.? Yeah, uh, be interesting to see. Hopefully the field is okay. All right, we got two more damn, damn okay. OKs, all right? Damn okay to Chris Jones. All right, Chris Jones, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-17. to Jones, a sack and a half. He's got five sacks in his last four games. He's unbelievable in the run game. I, I think it's official for me, Mike, and that Chris Jones and I think Jeffrey Simmons have passed up Aaron Donald as the best defensive tackles in football. Um, and I know that's a, a bold statement, but Jones is so effective and changes the game in so many ways and such a mismatch in so many different areas. Really one of the best defensive players in football. You just can't physically do it yeah. for 10 years. Yeah, that's you right. You get to a point right. where all those hits you take when they are double and triple teaming you will start to have – 
a toll. And that's why Aaron Donald was thinking about retiring. And, he, you know, everybody asks Tom Brady, do you have regrets? Aaron Rodgers, do you have regrets? I'm waiting for somebody to ask Aaron Donald, do you regret <laughs> yeah, coming right, back? Yeah, right, right. I felt all, like he was sitting on the sideline yesterday a little bit. I could see get, that on the end of the game. You get caught up in that moment of we right. just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's walking around with a giant bottle in 1942. <laughs> and come on, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. And you forget how hard it is to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Chiefs looked really good yesterday. You know, even uh, – uh, I'll say this. The Jacksonville – had some chances to get in this game. This is one of my best bets. I'm pissed off. And, of course, I lost by half a point in this one. Where Still lost. Uh, I know. Still lost. Doug Peterson starts the game with an onside kick. Great job there, right? They don't, get, they don't capitalize on that. Next drive, Kansas City gets the ball. They're driving down the field. Pacheco fumbles. Jaguars don't capitalize on that. And then it became just, I don't know, was everybody fucking open on Kansas City, right? I mean, it kind of just, it, it, I felt like we were sitting there watching the game going, oh my gosh, what a throw, whoa, he's open, what the hell's going on? You know, they had problems with the crossers we talk about, that Kansas City's so special with there. Uh, I thought Mahomes played phenomenal. Kansas City, again, even on the defensive side of the ball, they don't get credit for their physicality and how they play on that style. I mean, the Jaguars have been running the ball with ATN on just about everybody. That They couldn't run the ball at all yesterday and of course they pressured trevor lawrence um they made some uh they made him a they, they made him a comeback i should say jacksonville to make this game competitive and close for a little bit but never a point where you felt like they were going to control the game kansas city always felt in control even when they were making some mistakes and giving jacksonville second life but uh i think it's official kansas city is probably the best team in the afc yeah, right and now And chris they never expected Kadarius tony to contribute so quickly it was a long-term play it was a favorable contract they didn't have to give up much up to get him I think it closes the door on OBJ, frankly, if Tony keeps doing what he did. I, I thought it did originally. But first career touchdown. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You I think know. they're still in play? No, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily. Well, there's two things, you know, and when originally I thought, oh, this might end the, the OBJ thing just because they might just go, wait, we, we got enough guys here and we can make it happen and we think this guy's explosive. And then the element we've talked about with OBJ where I've heard from some teams around is he, he wants, I, from what I've been told, significant money yeah a little bit and he wants some security into other years Beyond this year right and i think that's going to be a little bit of an issue because teams are going to want to evaluate him at first and, so. and see my point is when they got tony the thinking was he's a long-term play yeah, which i the think door is right. still open on a short-term play right right now the short-term guy wants a longer-term thing, and their longer-term guy is filling the short-term void, exactly. and that may take them out of the, out uh-huh. of the equation. I, 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 Kadarius Tony again, he's a guy that I will say, when, when he's healthy, we saw it last year, he has some very special physical attributes. You know, and if, and if – let me just throw this out here, since I'm influenced by my attire. If I'm OBJ and I'm not getting what I want, you know, the he wants something prorated in the – range of what would be 20 million a year right. so it's about a million right. and change a game at what point does he climb on the horse that seems to be the horse of destiny well, at what i mean he's got you know justin jefferson the lsu connection patrick peterson yeah I, at what point does he say i'll just you know i'll go finish out the string with this team take what i can get help them get you know i know i i, I hear know. you he's not regarded as one of the potential or they're not regarded as one of the potential destinations it's just it's it's something's going to happen soon yeah and uh your heart still tells you buffalo week, maybe or no i had been hearing buffalo but i don't know right now what did, did you know that's the thing every set of games gives you another major data point 
There's only 17 games. Every week gives you another, whether it's an injury, whether it's a good vibe, whether it's a negative vibe. Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram was saying last week that, that Beckham doesn't want to play in a cold-weather city, mm. which if that was true, you would think we would have heard it at some point before last yeah. week when the Cowboys start sniffing around. Right. And I think the Cowboys are going to want to uh, get him on the cheap. They're going to want to say, you can come to Dallas and make a bunch of other money. You don't need our money, like they tried to do with Dak Prescott sure. and sure. Ezekiel Elliott. But anyway, it, that, that's, that's something that we're going to be talking about sooner than later. By the end of the month, he supposedly wants to make his decision. Well, I wouldn't count the Chiefs out. The Bills, I think, are still a really strong possibility, and I do think the Cowboys – Again, show that. But the, the or the Bills, Giants. Or the Giants. Or the, or the Giants. Even though I don't know if they're going to throw the ball enough to give them you know, enough love there. Uh, Buffalo, he has a chance to be like save the day superhero. Like we need another guy uh, on this opposite of Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is good, again, but he ain't a game breaker. He's not a superstar that way. And that's where uh, I think he could be. You know, helpful to them or the Cowboys. I really do. All right, let's hit another game. Kansas City looked good. They're seven and two. They're officially the best team in the AFC. Uh, and Mahomes is playing awesome football. Now let's go to the G Man. Quietly seven and two. Seven and two. I think yesterday kind of like seals seals the playoffs for yep. them to a degree. I mean, it would have to be almost a monumental meltdown here down the stretch. But we're going to give damn okay to Dexter Lawrence. You know, again, I know this wasn't a marquee game yesterday, but all you had to do is just glance over every now and then to see Dexter Lawrence was unbelievable in the football game. He was awesome in the run game, pushing the pocket around Davis Mills. Sexy Dexy, as they call him. Uh, he had a sack. He had eight QB hits. Did you hear me? Eight QB hits. That's kind of insane for a defensive tackle. Leonard Williams had a team high nine tackles, had a half a sack and a forced fumble. You know? And then here's another great stat about the Giants. All seven wins this season have been eight points or fewer. And this was the first game all year they did not trail in a wow. game the whole wow. season. And that's what's amazing to me. I'm looking yeah. at these notes that Pete gave us. 35 carries for Saquon Barkley right. career high. Right. Leonard Williams. Team high nine tackles, forced fumble, half sack. Daniel Jones, career high, 153.3 passer rating, and it's only 24-16. I, it, it's yeah. kind of what you were saying last week because you, you, know, you were talking about how tough it was going to be, but that was that margin that you were in, and it was, and it was tough. It wasn't easy, but they got it, and it's right in that margin that you were thinking. They, they, it is the typical formula. It's just This is who they are. This is where they're the most They're not going to beat somebody 42-10. to 10. I don't think they're capable. Yeah. I, I think I made the joke last week. I, think, I was like, I think, I think we took the defense off the field. I don't know if the Giants yeah. can score 42, uh, and I'm, I'm joking about that. But it's, it's the running. It's Daniel Jones' efficiency once again with just the, hey, ooh, that was a good play on that throw there, the touchdown throw off his back foot, pressure to Darius Slayton. Slayton showing his explosive ability here as of late. They need that. And then the Giants' defense with some some big turnovers, 24-16. And, man, the Texans were in the red zone and Damian Pierce fumbled. I mean, and then there was, I think it might have been the very next drive. They drive down again and Davis Mills throws an interception in the end zone in the, the short left corner at Giants Stadium there. So, you know, that, that was what the Giants do. Run the ball, kind of wait for you to make the mistake, and then they pounce on it, and they did that, and they've kind of followed that formula all year long. And did you hear this shit? Did you hear this shit? My man at ARU811 heard it yesterday, and he said, please talk about the big effort stealing 
five legs carrying the Giants in the pregame yesterday. The master stealing from the student. <laughs> I, I kind of made fun of my All dad. All the five, five legs. Five-legged monster? Yes. So we're watching the pregame show yesterday, and I, we got dad on. You were doing the Matthew Berry fantasy show. And dad's like, the Giants and the, the five-legged monster. And I'm like, well, that motherfucker's stealing my line. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Damn. I mean, unbelievable. So, yep, good good uh, catch by you at aru 811 But Giants looking good. You know, I don't it, – it's really amazing. Yeah. It's schedule. It's playing the right way. It's creating an opportunity, and it's the belief another, you talk another about. Another first-year coach. The belief. You know, this, this is the kind of thing that gets guys fired. When Mike McDaniel gets it done, when Kevin O'Connell gets it done, when Brian Dable gets it done, you don't need three or four years to prove that you got it. You either got it or you don't. Nathaniel Hackett, no. Josh McDaniels, trouble. I mean, you, you've got you've got just these three alone. Amazing what they're doing. And yeah. John's got the Eagles twice. They got the Cowboys again. They got the Vikings. We're, they got some good games coming up. They definitely do. Some good, some good regular season games and the playoffs in the NFC this year. Yeah. Well, really in both conferences. I mean, this I, – The NFC is just like up for grabs. The AFC, I feel like, has real good teams where yeah. we're like, it's exciting. NFC, but, it's like – But – I'm not sure if we think anybody's real great other than Philadelphia as of right now. But I think there are teams in the AFC capable. We're getting of toward that time right. of the year where there's going to be a team around 500 that starts figuring it out and they're going to be a problem – down the stretch. And, you know, we, we've already flagged the Ravens as a team that could just send them all home. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs are separating kind of by default because the Bills have fallen off a little bit, but the Jets are still there. And the Patriots, as long, the longer the Patriots lurk, the more of a problem Scary they can they be. Are, it's, right. it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a good, fun race to the finish and postseason. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, that was our uh, damn okay segment. Sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence, he ended it off with the Giants and their what, big what victory. What is the standard for making damn okay? Just make you viscerally say damn well, okay? Well, it's, it became, yeah, it, it, that's how it really started. Yeah. Is like I would, I would watch games and just be like, damn, okay. Okay, Dexter Lawrence, yeah. you're just going to dominate today? Damn. And I kept, you know, and then people were like, this kind of just caught on. Yeah. I don't know. That's where it really it's started there. It's, yeah. it's the least profane of your Yeah, yeah. Your I could have gone, fuck, okay. I'm going to stay with them. <laughs> All right. Now, on to a new segment here. It's not a new segment. It's a staple of the Monday podcast. It's new it's for new me. It's new for you. These are all new and for me. And it's Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. And we love Hyundai giving us this sponsorship for this segment. We always have fun, and this is where I get to be a newspaper journalist or what do they call it? It's not a producer. What the hell is a newspaper? Editor. Editor, Editor. right. That's the one thing. That's, it's funny. One of the things I learned early in this business because there would be headlines that don't really match the story or the headline was stupid. The people who write the story don't write the headline. Yeah, right. But when it's a shitty headline, it gets thrust on the person whose name appears above the story. It's like, I didn't write the headline. Right. They so, have somebody for this. Yeah. This is not my expertise. I just write the meat and potatoes here. Yeah. Well, I wrote this headline, and we're going down to Miami to start it right off. Dolphins defeat the Browns 39-17. to 17, And here's the headline. Tua, much credit. Tua, much credit. Uh -oh. Yes, that's at you bar stool big cat fuck off and fuck um, to and on all right um, there um, you go all right but either way off. hey yeah that's all right you want to join in you want to let's crap on big cat while we're well, here not, well big, big cat big cat <laughs> he's big trolling cat us, constantly. us last night right 
the image of the guy that's got the tour receipts sign. Which I think is old, right? Media haters. And Big Cat's been crossed off. Right. He's, he's gotten redemption somehow yeah. with Tua. They don't realize it's kind of like one of his bits where he'll, he'll like, prop somebody up because he thinks it's funny. Right. Like, yeah, he like he did with Blake he Bortles. He doesn't really mean it. Yes. You got to understand, folks, it's part of the bit. He doesn't really mean it. And uh, so that would be a hell of a dinner party, though. That's the one well, thing I we noticed have, yesterday. We would have fun. We'd have you a know, good time. We would have fun. And Sit again, me right next to Colin Coward. And, and have a I'm good having time. fun here, okay? I really am having fun. I don't know who Sean Payton, S-H-A-W-N, is. <laughs> Maybe right, he's related yeah. to Sean the coach. I don't <laughs> That's know. That's hilarious. Uh, again, Tua played great yesterday. I know that. You know, I do. I just get sick of the Tua talk a little bit. And it's the greatest show on turf right now. I've never seen more people wide open and people flying around the football field. And, again, I'm not trying to take away credit from Tua. I'm trying to just give it a little reality of just, like, it is the most fun offense and the most talented offense in all of football. And, you know, we were talking before the show, and I know I was talking during the game yesterday. I mean, I've, I've never seen people more open and things more wide open on a football field right now. So they are the greatest show on turf. And I know Tua's playing really well, but I'm just having a little fun with this how right here. How much of this is Mike McDaniel, though? And yes. What, and, and, and how much of it is, like, and I don't want to uh... – like McDaniel is out Shanahaning Shanahan. Yeah, like he's well, taking it's like he's yeah. taking it next level. Well, I think he's got you know just a, maybe a little bit more of an explosive two weapons on the edge to play with there. I think that's the biggest difference. You know, I do. And then Tua, you know, I, I'll say this compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, he can make more plays off schedule and do stuff like that Correct. than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Correct. You know, so that's where you look at it and go, oh, he's got those advantages right there. But you're right, he is. Taking Shanahan's system and with those guys, Waddle and, of course, Tyree Kill, and now Jeff Wilson added to the mix with Mostert, and Wilson's become the, the, the main guy there, and Gasecki work in the middle, and you got to worry about Sherfield, who's a really good – I mean, they just have a lot of things to play with, let alone he's got a lot of the Shanahan creativity and understands defenses and how to expose and it. And Jeff Wilson, two games in, he's already overtaken right? Raheem Mostert as the guy in the backfield. And, you know, what Coach Dungy says is let's see what they do when they're out in the elements in January in Buffalo or in Kansas City or somewhere like that will it travel will it translate will it work in the postseason? that 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 to me is the big thing I said this last week even you know I, I think on Dan Patrick I said it I actually even think I said it to Dan Lebitard a little bit where I, th- it's gonna continue to look good everybody I'm not like this isn't like this is a well orchestrated game plan specific offense with incredible talent that puts pressure on you, you know, so the stats are gonna be there every week but what we want to see is like you know, what's it yeah, what's it gonna be with some of the elite defenses in football? What's it gonna look like in the cold weather up in New England, up in Buffalo? That's the big question. Those are the things that people doubted too that have been down there in that organization, that he's gonna have issues there. So the good thing for him is you know, there's not a lot of defenses in football that can match up with them. But they're going to have to play some real defenses here down the stretch. And we'll, we'll see when they be able to take away some of the 
You know, screen to Waddle here, short pass to Waddle there. You know, again, yesterday Cleveland was so worried about stopping Waddle and Tyree Kill on the edge and all that, it opened up the run game, it opened up everybody else in the offense. That's what yesterday was. Yesterday was a day of, whoa, we're going to stop Waddle and Tyreek. Okay, great, you, you did a good job containing them, but everybody else was open all over the field. So we'll see where it goes with Miami. They are, I think, still, I mean, Miami, in my opinion, is a team that could go to the Super Bowl. I don't know how do you feel about that. Well, Look, they're in first place in the division yeah. right now. I think the key is going to be getting home games in the postseason. Yeah, right. And uh, if you can avoid having you – know, it's, like it's like the SEC mentality. If you can avoid ever having to play a high-stakes game in cold weather, and where do you go? You play playoff games at home, and you go to Arizona for the Super Bowl. You never have to deal with it. Yeah, right, so, right. Uh, I think they could. I think they could. I the Chiefs are going to be the biggest challenge. I'd love to see Chiefs Dolphins cross paths, and I'd like to see Bills Patriots or Bills Patriots. We'll see that twice in the regular season and maybe in the postseason. I'd like to see Bills Dolphins in the playoffs as well. They've got one more game in Buffalo later this year. Well, they do. They got at San Francisco. They got the bye week this week. They got the Texans after that, but then they're at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at Buffalo, Green Bay at home, at New England. So we'll see. We'll see Shanahan versus. We'll see uh, uh, mentor and students. You're right. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, that's going to be to me the the final test for Tua, the offense, and and of course how strongly we feel about them. You know, maybe getting to the Super Bowl or making a run in the uh, AFC playoffs. All right, next headline. All right, as the guy is uh, leaf, blowing. leaf blowing outside there's during no a live TV there's, show. There's, there's no seriously leaf. like two leaves on the ground. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's blowing. Well, at what point do you just yeah. go pick him up? I, I don't know. I mean, what is he doing? Um, <laughs> he's a Tua fan probably. He's like, that asshole, I'm going to ruin his show. All right, here we go. Next game, Lions-Bears, 31-10. to 10. Lions, uh, 31-30, excuse me. Dan Campbell gets his first road victory. Ever. Ever. And I'm going to go... No home fields advantage. <laughs> oh, that was a good Here's one. Here's what's amazing to me. I yeah. love this stat. The Bears are the first team in NFL history to rush for 225 or more yards in five straight games. It's amazing. And they're one in four. One in four. I know. It's 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 the amazing thing of this year of teams rushing for 200 yards or dominating in the run game where our whole football lives have been Wait, if you dominate in the run game like that, you're going to win a game. And this year we're seeing teams lose more than ever with that. Um, Justin Fields is phenomenal. And that's, you know, again, we had fun there with the no home fields advantage. But his skill set and what he did, what he does has changed their football team. I mean, again, this is four weeks in a row of 30 points. I know one game was 29 points in Dallas, but you know what I'm saying here. I mean, the, the unveiling of that quarterback design run offense has absolutely changed their football team. It's changed him. They're fun to watch because of it, and I think he's officially the best running quarterback in football. He dethrones Lamar Jackson in that. Um, Next year is going to be their year. Because I assume Aaron Rodgers will be gone. Yeah. And, you know, the Vikings will no longer be pulling shamrocks out of their asses. The Lions will still be the Lions, and the Bears will have an opportunity with the cap space, cash, draft picks to to be dramatically improved. This is a little bit of a heartbreaking loss, in my opinion, for the Bears. You know, I, I'm happy well, for the Lions. They should have won it. Well, right. And let's just hit that. Like, there's one point in the game that I think is was a – uh, another referee taking over the game in a moment where you just go, please stay out of it, and you didn't really see what happened here, so don't throw the flag. But it's 24-10. to 10. The Bears are total control of the football game. 
I believe it's first and 10. Lions got the ball around the 18-yard line. It's right around there. Jared Goff throws an interception down the middle. They call illegal hands to the face on, I think it was Johnson, um, the corner for the, the Chicago Bears. It was not. He just had a phenomenal jam at the line of scrimmage where he hit the guy in the chest, and the guy fell down. And I think the referee just saw the guy on the ground and said, oh, I think he did something illegal. Uh, so that gives Detroit the ball back. They then score a touchdown two plays later. It's 24-17. to 17. Then two, three plays later, Justin Fields throws a screen pass, forces it, shouldn't have done it. His worst mistake of the game, interception pick six by Jeff Fakuda. And now it's a 24-24 game where it should have been 24-10 Bears with the ball. And their offense was kind of unstoppable at that point. They were going up and down the field on Detroit at that point. And that, to me, changed the game, and that's a shame. But I will give the Lions continue to fight. Jared Goff made some plays for sure, and a good win for the kneecappers. Yeah, the Lions very much alive, winning two in a row in the division after being left for dead at one and six. They still got a lot of work to do to get themselves back into it, but they keep winning football games. And everything else will take care yeah. of itself. Yeah, I don't see how it happens with that defense uh, ultimately, but yeah. I, I could see them being a pain in the butt here and being in some close games where they lose. And look, for even sure. even after they blew that lead, Justin Fields had another phenomenal run, and it never looks like he's running full speed. It's amazing, it really is. He's um, he's a special talent. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, but ultimately, Goff made some big throws. Last drive of the game, the biggest throw being to Kennedy down the middle on like a crossing route for a 44-yard gain. I really think – I'm going to say this again. I've had some people like, what do you mean by this? Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. I said this is Jared Goff's best year of his career. And I, I, I stand by that statement. And I just say that because, you know, you've heard me say the years with Jared Goff, we were just – like it was silver platter. It was, yeah. oh, hey, throw a screen to Gurley, and he runs for 90. And, oh, we fake the run to Gurley and fake the speed sweep, and I throw to a guy out in the flat for three yards, and he runs for another 70. You know, he is actually making throws and plays and bigger moments, and it's not just delivered to him with McVay, mad scientist plays there. So that's where I say that, but uh, good for them, three and six. And you're right, still got a fighting chance here and as far as the NFC is concerned, but – more likely than not that they're going to be uh, out of the playoffs and just a pain in the butt. All right, now we go to Nash Vegas, Nashville. Tennessee Titans defeat the Broncos 17-10. to 10. And the headline for that game is no win Wilson. No win Wilson once again. Uh, it's, a, it's supposed to be a... Owen Wilson, Owen no Wilson. Owen Wilson, right, 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 yeah. yeah. Wilson! Uh, he wore a wristband for the second straight game, yeah. which is good. I didn't realize he had worn a wristband in their most recent game. I didn't either. win over the Jaguars. I did not either. And you know what happened? Right. Brett Rippon played for him week seven, wore a wristband. Right. And I don't know if he got shamed into it, but, you know, everything you said last week was said also by Nathaniel Hackett. Also, crowd noise is a factor, too. It makes it easier to get the play communicated, so... And and it wasn't a blowout. They were ahead for a while. It it just you got to muster more than ten points. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, no, you know, their defense keeps getting it done. But if you're only going to score ten points or less, you're not going to win football. That, games. that that's right. I mean, it uh, their defense is phenomenal. But twenty one of forty two, two eighty six, one TD, one interception. Probably had two or three other passes that should have been intercepted. That he was very lucky with. You know, continues to struggle. Continues to have moments of sitting back there where you go, I don't know what he's exactly he's looking at. And I don't know. It's just one of those games, again, where 
Vrabel and company love these games. They, this is their this is their kind of thing, right, Mike? This is why we love Vrabel. He's kind of just like, yep, we can't throw it. We're going to run and play defense, and fuck you. We're going to win no anyways. And that's where it's I, – I respect it. I do. And their defense, their pass defense, Mike, I know I said it last week after the Kansas City game, to me is it's getting special. And I know they had no Jeffrey Simmons yesterday, but, man, are they – just incredibly creative on the back end. They had a little bit of a, a creative. They do a lot of stuff, and that's why they gave up that first 66-yard touchdown pass. They kind of blew the coverage. Um, but, man, after that, they settled in. They were dominant. And then it's always like Vrabel has that feel, right, of like Belichick or even No excuses, no matter how many guys are injured. Right, and right. then I know when to call a trick play. Yeah. And then the really the, the, the big play of the game was the – uh, a flea flicker yep. to Westbrook Aquina that gave them the lead. They never really looked back from that point on. And Tennessee, six and three, not sexy, but man, I wouldn't want to see them coming into town in the playoffs. There's nothing about the Titans that gets people's attention. There's nothing about the Titans that gets people excited. Every week I've noticed the betting line is lower than it should be because I don't think people bet on the Titans. Right. They don't like betting on the Titans, and that suppresses the number. They were 12.5-point underdogs at Kansas City, and we were like, what are we missing? They're 2.5-point favorites against the Broncos. What are we missing? And it's not like they won by 20, but they won by a touchdown. That's I all they care about. they win by a touchdown. Right, yeah. right. That's who they are. They're, I don't think they care. And they're a team that's like, well, we're, we're going to win by a touchdown to three points, and that's just the way it's going to be. I wanted to give Ryan Tannehill a little credit. They didn't run the ball very well yesterday. He made a lot of big throws. You know, of course, the flea flicker was a great game plan design, but on their first drive, too, the 13-play, 75-yard drive that made it 10-7 to when the Broncos had the early lead, he, I, just, I just had to reference it because I made the, in my notes. I mean, it was an incredibly clutch drive, and he had a, a tremendous amount of high-level big passes that got them down there. And again, where I just want to give him a little credit, too, is there's no weapons there in Tennessee in the pass game. So it is really going to be run game and him having to thread the needle in the pass game and relying on that defense, and uh, I think they're very comfortable with that. All right, that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Hyundai, excuse me. It's always important to have that. I mean, Hyundai, excuse me. I don't know. I can't talk right now. I'm still waking up, all right? Uh, But that was a good segment. Had fun with that as always. And uh, thank you to to Hyundai for for giving us money and hosting a – letting us have a great segment like that. Uh, I I like your next segment. You like this It's very fitting, yes. And, And good selection of the games to put in it. Yep. All right. Next segment and uh, last and definitely least, a.k.a. AKA we're both seen as clowns, but I can take my suit off. Wow. Is that what Jackson DeVille said about you there? He said that about you at one point? I don't know. I don't know. Man. This is all from – this is – see, here's the thing. Number one, it was a long time ago. And number two, it was so long ago, I just don't give a shit anymore. Oh, man. I can't believe he called you a clown. How dare he? That's okay. That actually pisses me off. I've been called worse. Yeah, I call you an asshole every day. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your team, one of your pasta and meatball teams here. Uh Aha. You mean one of the two games on which we disagreed this week. Yes. And you or whoever was running your Twitter account – Gave me a hard time on Saturday. Oh, Florio was picking his two favorite teams, the two games we disagreed on, the Vikings and the Bills. That and was And the Steelers and the Saints. That I, was Pete. Yeah. How dare I, he? I, it just, look, look. Every <laughs> once in a while, I get it right. Yeah. Steelers had two weeks to get ready. All hands on deck. Got to do whatever it takes to win. They lit enough of a fire on Najee Harris's ass by talking about the possibility of him being benched for Jalen Warren or at a minimum Warren getting more touches. Harris had a big game. The Saints reeling from that 
ass-kicking they took on Monday night. Short week for them and travel. 14 days for the Steelers. It just... It was kind of like screaming out to me. And weren't the Saints slight favorites for I that think like game? A, I want to say a point and a half, Yeah, it was maybe. like, what the hell? I almost made them a best bet. Right. I almost made the Steelers a best bet. Um, and it just it just made too much sense for the Steelers to win that game. Steelers at home, This is that's pasta and meatballs day. Steelers at home, anytime is pasta and meatballs day. But under those circumstances where the Saints just – they're way too inconsistent, and the Steelers all are over consistent the in that mindset that they, they get T.J. Watt back. I was nervous on Saturday when they lost Micah Fitzpatrick with an appendectomy. Right. But, yeah, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. And what surprises me is Andy Dalton is still the quarterback of the Saints. Well, like, the, why is he still the quarterback well, of the Saints? Thank you. I've kind of been saying it for two weeks. They talk about because he protects the ball, and I want to go, well, every game I watch, he turns the ball over, but we're, they still talk about it. I, I don't get it. Put Let Taysom alone, he doesn't Hill make in. Any, he doesn't make any plays. They're a team right now that needs somebody to make some plays for them. And that's where I'd go. I, I mean, I would be, I'd be disappointed in the Saints if they don't go back to Jameis Winston this week. You know, and either way, it was a disappointing game by the Saints altogether. It really was. They let the Steelers and Najee Harris run the ball on them. Pickett was great scrambling throughout the day. He was efficient in the past game. It wasn't a lot of big plays or anything special that way, but played well. Warren, the other running back, he adds a nice little flavor in the pass game and the run game. You know, that was a nice team win. T.J. Watt certainly gave them a boost on the defensive side of the ball. And then, yeah, they created some turnovers. It's typical Steelers, what they did there. And DeMonte uh, De- Kazee, his interception, right? That was the big one that really kind of um, got the momentum back for Pittsburgh and really helped them control the football game. Taysom Hill had three carries for one yard, no catches, one pass. It wasn't complete. It's a prime example of what we say all the time. Use this fucking guy. Yeah. Use him. Yeah. Especially when your starting quarterback is Andy Dalton. It's not like you're putting Joe Montana in his prime on the sideline for a drive or two. Put this guy out there. Give defenses something to think about. I don't get it. And you know what? I do get it. Gets back to what I said before the season. Sean Payton's gone. And there isn't another Sean Payton in the building. All due respect to Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen and everyone else. But there's no other guy in there holding up the world on his shoulders like Sean Payton did. And I think with each passing week, we're finding out what Payton meant to the team. There's and, no doubt. And, and I've I, given up I, on the Saints I don't, officially. I, you know, I, maybe I should ask for a percentage of Payton's next contract. The teams that are thinking about changing coaches should be lining up now. Whatever the Saints want, whatever he wants, the impact of a coach like that is beyond whatever your price is going to yeah, pay. Yeah, he's special. He's definitely one of the best coaches in football over the last 20 years. You are seeing that with the Saints. You know, lack of imagination on the offensive side of the ball. A lack of toughness, really, on both sides of the ball. And you know, to not be able to run the ball at all yesterday on a Steelers defense that's not very good at stopping the run. I mean, that, that was embarrassing for your defense to let the Steelers run the ball on you the way they did. You know, that, that's where Sean Payton, like, we always talk about his creativity, but, you know, you're, you're kind of saying it. You're saying it the right way. His edge he brings to the team. And there was a toughness where the Saints, yeah, we're going to throw and, you know, Drew Brees is going to put all these numbers, but they were still always physically one of the toughest teams in football, and they definitely miss that and don't have the same edge about them right now. And, yeah, I'm, uh, the Saints are officially done. The Steelers are done too, in my opinion, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them pull off, you know, upsets as down the stretch here and ruin some teams' playoff chances for sure. Three and six. Three right. and six. Haven't played the Ravens yet. Got the Bengals again. Yeah, I – I'm not ready to give up on them. I picked them to win the division. I'm not ready to give up. Okay, good. good. Until they're mathematically eliminated. <laughs> All right. Let's go to a, a team that I am definitely done with as well. And the Cardinals defeating the Rams. 
27-17. Anybody who's listening to me, I've been saying you know, the, the Rams, they don't have a chance. I don't care what happens this year. They can get Odell back or whoever. It ain't going to happen. Cardinals defeat Rams 27-17. Colt McCoy played well, 3-1 and one as a, a career starter for the Cardinals. 8-for-11 um, for 123 yards with TDs on and a TD with throws 10-plus yards down the field. Uh, that was a really a dominant win yesterday. There was no point in that game where you felt like the Rams had control or were even in the same class of the Arizona Cardinals. McCoy, efficient, few plays there. Defense was really good. And the Rams just can't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. They stink. Yeah, they really do at this point. And it's the price for the Super Bowl yep, win. It's all coming back. Coming due Quicker than anyone expected. We talked earlier about Aaron Donald maybe regretting retiring. Nobody expected them to go into the shitter quite this quickly. No, Hell, I thought they were going to beat the Bills week one. I thought they weren't going to miss a beat. I thought they were, yeah, we got to replace this guy. I'm like, okay, you know, have faith yeah, in, the, I hear you. in the mindset. I think that's where the depth hurts them. Yep. All the years well, we've we talked about along. it. Right. If you're going to give up the picks right. and you're going to put all that money yep. into a handful of guys, you better hope that you hit on your low-round picks that your backups develop, that your free agents that are out there available, that you get the right guys and they're ready to go and they can come in, they can step in. What we see these other teams like the Titans do. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons out, no big deal. This guy's out, no big deal. This guy's out, they don't no have big that. deal. You're right. They don't have that. From years and years of being top-heavy and going for it and FM picks, like you're saying, and all that, that's where – and then they lost some second-level players last year. You know, no Troy Reader. Darius Williams is on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sebastian Joseph Day, like we've talked about. You know, three different offensive linemen gone. Guys that weren't stars, but guys that were good, solid starters for their football team. And now there's less than players at those positions, and that's hurt their football team. Well, you for can't sure. pay those guys. Yeah, if you can't pay those, you can't. You can't pay everybody. Guys are going to move on, period. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll be interested to see how quickly Stafford comes back here. Three and six. You know, again, I know they're not out of it, but the way the NFC is, and right, the 49ers are the seventh seed right now at five yeah. and four. But man, I just don't see anything. The Rams defense, of course, is still good, and it's nothing's going to be easy against them. But I don't think it's to the point to where they can dominate or win games by themselves with strip sack fumbles and interceptions and the, the offense, as we've discussed the whole year. The O-line is so bad that I don't think you can really do anything on the offensive side of the ball on a consistent basis. This Cooper Cup injury, too, it's the same ankle that he injured a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And there was a report last night that they think he avoided the worst-case scenario. And I don't want to be a smartass, but what, what, is, what is the worst-case scenario? Amputation? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Career-ender? is I mean, Torn ligaments, yeah, I'm guessing. I don't know what worse, Dislocation of the ankle? Yeah, I don't know. what's worst-case scenario? I don't know I, it just, that I think that's just... That is the Sean McVay glass half full classic. Well, we avoided the worst-case scenario. What's that mean? Well, It's he's, not broken. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's only going to miss, you know... It's the worst Seven high ankle sprain eight. ever, but yeah. his bones aren't broken. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a really bad high ankle sprain. That's what it really looked like at the end of the day. All right, that's it. We did it. Wow. We did all the games. Wow, I yeah. can go home now. We didn't. We got a bad MGM parlay oh. preview, okay? First oh, off. there's one more page we here. We got to do that, all right? And uh, tonight we got Eagles, Commanders. I have a best bet with the Commanders here, covering Let's... the 11-point spread. Wow. Right. Wow. Which, I mean, I'm – you know, the way yesterday played out, I mean, I'm, I'm, the Eagles, I'm sure, will you know, win by 11 and a half. I said 35-10. Uh, oh, boy. I, well, you well know, but the Eagles scary. have the incentive now. They, they, got the, they got the Giants breathing down their necks, and they've got – and really, the Giants, 
The Giants control their fate because they play the Eagles twice. They play the Eagles twice, right. and they're two games behind. Right. They win the rest of their games. They win the division. Well, and you still got Minnesota breathing down their neck a little bit, even though they have the head-to-head there. Um, all right, you got 35-10. to 10. You're, set, you're expecting blowout. I'm saying 24-16, to 16, right? And, you know, again, I think the big thing I look at here is just the fact that I think Washington's defense, as you've heard me say, is really good. And I thought they did a very good job of defending what Philadelphia wanted to do the first time around. It was just some jump balls to A.J. Brown that were the difference in the football game. So, uh, or not the difference in the football game, but a big reason or, or why they got out to a 24 nothing lead. I just, I, it's one of those where I, I think Washington, that defense, going to give them a tough time. And Heineke, they've run the ball a little bit better in Washington as of late. Heineke didn't play very good last week. I'm kind of looking at this to be kind of a bounce-back football game. I do like their weapons, and I think they'll they'll keep this close for, for a majority of the night. I really think they're going to hang around, and it'll be like a late touchdown that kind of puts it away. But we'll see. It's always scary with the Eagles. They're clearly the best team in football right There's now. There's a way they can look at last week and say, hey, you know, we gave the Vikings everything they could handle. We were up 10 points. We could We could compete in this one as well, or they could let one loss become two and just be down in the I, dumps I know, and feel I know. like that's it, we're done. Right. But, you know, it's prime time. Like, this is it for the Commanders. That's They're not I, going that's to the playoffs this year. Exactly. This is as big as it gets. A Monday right. night game where everyone's going to be watching except me because I'm going to be watching the replay of the Bills. <laughs> you, you bull crap. You'll watch that before this game. I know you'll be tuned into this one for sure. Tuesday night is Vikings-Bills. T- Tuesday night? And they're... And they're not out of this, Washington. No, 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 no. They're four and five. I know. All right. So we got, uh, uh, you know, BetMGM, one of the, 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 the biggest prop bets. A.J. Brown, over 71.5 yards receiving tonight. You like that? Minus yes 110. No? Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I'm surprised it's not it's not lower than minus 110. I think it'd be minus 150 or something. Well, yeah, I think it's a that. little bit of a a little bit of a the Commanders and the way they've been playing defense yeah. to a degree. And the way they probably played them the first time shows you, but even though I, I you know, that's what's crazy about AJ Brown. It's, it is the jump balls. He Jalen Hurts you know, he can he throw can the ball in one play. Coverage. That's the thing. He can get in one play. I, I would take the over here as well because I think Washington's going to have to put a lot of people around the line of scrimmage to stop that Eagles run game and be very worried about that. Also, do you think there's a certain element of A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts saw what Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson did yesterday and they want to go put on a show? Well, a little element of there's that. There's always a little element of Especially that. Especially because that's the prime contender right now. Sure. Sure, and I think A.J. Brown looks at himself as being the best receiver in football or in that conversation, and to be that, you got to keep pace with Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill right now, yeah. right? I mean, those are the two guys. Am I missing anybody else that's in that convo right now? Those Chase's two, injury. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Diggs is right there too, right? I mean, those have been the hottest receivers in the game, uh, but I like A.J. Brown in the, in the over with the 71-5 uh, as well. All right, the action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code SIMS, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on the Commanders to win outright. If you win, you'll get $400. But if the Eagles win, okay, and you lose that bet, you still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today to BetMGM. Or go to betmgm.com and enter bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. That's the uh, Monday podcast, Mike Florio. The Chris Sims Unbutton experience. I, I mean, haven't been in this seat at this table in a long time. I think I did it it's once been a few with years you years ago. Yeah. Ahmed. Right. 
So pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. Obviously pre-COVID. Good to have you back. Good to be here. He's a man. All right. Safe travels. Okay. All right. And uh, don't go too crazy. Don't get, like, you know, drunk and wasted getting happy did celebrating you, the bring, Vikings game. Did you bring game. anything with you oh, that I can damn take it. home? I should have brought you some flour. So you could have brought it home. That's all I need is to get busted <laughs> at the airport. That would have been awesome. And then Jackson DeVille could have roasted you yeah. on Twitter. That would have been that great. That would have been good. Um, Instead of being home for Thanksgiving, I'd be at uh, Rikers Island. <laughs> I'd visit you. I'd send, <laughs> you, I'd send you some turkey Thanks. and some mashed potatoes. Yeah, thank you. No problem. All right, everybody. Subscribe, rate, and review. You know Wednesday we'll be back for What the Fuck Happened podcast, breaking down all the things that happened film-wise from these uh, past week weekend of matchups. Enjoy the game tonight. Florio, you the man. Thanks for sticking around and doing this with me. My pleasure. Right? It had been tough. It was just me by myself. Ahmed ditched me. Like, what an asshole he is. So thanks for saving the day. That's all right. Uh, and I'll wait for you to return the favor one of these Monday mornings when you decide <laughs> to just stay up. <laughs> just stay up all night. <laughs> oh, keep waiting. <laughs> oh, why don't you? <laughs> I'll see you, everybody. Be good. Enjoy the Monday night game. We'll see, see you ya. Wednesday. Peace out. All right. Awesome.